This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Flint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers, Mike Van Dees joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, that's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weight. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, I guess, here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandela, I guess, here. Jason Walker. Deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Happy Thursday. It is the Jason Walker Show, Major Mortgage Man Cave, and uh, thank you for uh, tuning in and joining us today. Looking forward to a great show. Mark Ader will join us, the Bozeman uh, Schools Activities Director, and we're going to get his thoughts on how to start up two schools in the fall. Um, also, Keith Law, the sports writer, will join us. There's been another cancellation. This is a big, big one for the summer, and we'll talk about that. But I want to get started by bringing in our first guest, um, on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline, a very um, willing uh, guest, I should say, and, and a guy that, uh, and I'll, you know, I'll introduce him first. He's the executive director of the Montana High School Association. Mark Beckman joining us here. Uh, uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing well this afternoon. How about you, Jason? I'm doing pretty good. And, and full disclosure, and I'm sure you've heard, but I've been very hard on Montana High School Association over the last, oh, I don't know, five or six weeks going back to state tournaments. Um, I appreciate you, you joining us. Um, cancellation yesterday, Mark, of, uh, of spring sports. And I know this was not an easy decision to make, but let's go back to the state tournaments. And I know that one wasn't easy as well. Like, but like I said, I you know full transparency, I've been very hard on MHSA. This has been a pretty stressful last month and a half, though, I assume. Well, it has, but it's been a difficult time, especially for our uh kids that are participating in these sports and activities and of course our coaches our fans our parents everyone that's involved and of course we our number one concern is to make sure that kids and parents fans community members are safe you know and that's where you have to balance making some of these decisions and count on those people that would help us uh, make those uh, decisions uh, properly and appropriately, such as, you know, the state health department and uh, those people. So it has been a tough time for uh, all those that's been involved. Do you feel, I don't want to say lucky, but relieved that there were no um, cases of coronavirus that came out of the state tournament sites? Well, as we were going through it, we, we actually, you know, went through everything we were meeting all day, not all day, but every day, uh, quite a few times a day, and staying in constant contact with the state health department. And we were going with the information we had available at the time. And, of course, there were no cases at that time in Montana until that Friday evening. And that's when I made the decision that we were going to, you know, um, cancel the tournaments because now once transmission was there, that was one of the tiers that we were looking at 
not only from our state health department, but from the CDC and all the other health organizations we were looking at. So we made the decisions with the information we had available there. And of course, more and more information became available after. So, uh, you know, we are very uh, feel fortunate that there wasn't any transmissions at least uh, tied back to those tournaments at that time. Mark Beckman joining us, the executive director of the Montana High School Association on the Jason Walker Show. Uh, I go back to, to the reports that have come out in the last couple of weeks that, A, there were no transmissions, and very fortunately, like you said, but, you know, you look back and there were cases now, it appears, in Montana that, you know, you go back to March 11th when the tournament started or even the week before with the Board of Regents meetings, and I know it's now hindsight is twenty twenty, but if you if you would have known th- now or then what you know now, would the state tournaments have kicked off? Well, if we would have known if there was transmissions, and those transmissions were in that I, I hit the second tier, second level, I think is what they called it, where it wasn't uh, a case that was like in a nursing home or I can't remember all the different factors there. But if it was a community case where there could be a chance of community transmission and we knew that then i think that with in con- consultation with that state health department we would have made the decision not to continue what about the the teams that um and we'll get to spring sports here in a second but wh- what about the teams that are co-champs and and you know the people saying well okay we could have played the next day because we'd already been exposed but there were still you know i i argued the point that there was going to be more people on championship saturday than there would have been on Thursday and Friday. But what do you say to those people that say, well, what's one more day? Well, I say we didn't have any cases until that Friday evening. And out of the four sites where we had state tournaments, there were three cases in three of those sites. So to me, that's like, now there's a chance for transmission. We weren't going to take any more uh, chances because there definitely would have been huge crowds at those tournaments. You know, no matter where you were at, there's always a big crowd, but we've had, we had some extremely large crowds at uh, a few of our tournament sites this particular year. Mark Beckman joining us, MHSA Executive Director on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. All right, let's go to spring sports, and I know this is something that you guys were keeping an eye on and, and working with you know the health department and, and the governor's office and the task force and all that, trying to give students, uh, student-athletes, and especially seniors, which – you know, I, I I argue that it, it absolutely is sucks for these seniors that don't get their senior season of track or softball or whatever the sport is. But did you have a feeling that there was any chance that spring sports were going to happen? Well, you know, we you always look for the best and hope for the best. You know that if all of a sudden the transmission rates go down, the cases plateau and, and all that kind of thing. And then they say, we're going to go back with, you know, a lot looser restrictions, you know, instead of this, you know, a little bit more than six feet or, you know, back to the original 250 people kind of thing, mm-hmm. that maybe there was an, uh, there was a possibility. We I don't know if we, if I really felt that that was going to happen, but we were sure hoping it was going to happen. And we wanted to wait as long as we possibly could. You know, and our board looked at it and said, we're going to wait until we're going to give us the May 4th and deadline. And if they were not back in school, because there's no doubt if kids have to be in school, because if you're saying we're not, we don't feel they're safe to be in school, 
and are they safe to be participating in athletics or activities? So we looked at that, but also without restrictions. So how do we uh, deal with a track meet, even if it's a duel with 30 kids on each team, transporting them, getting to the site? You know, you have a kid who high jumps and hits the, the pit. Now do you have to sanitize the pit each time? You know, how, how would all of that work? How would they be able to, you know, come together and get there and then be there at the thing? How about in softball? Where are there the dugouts more than, you know, how can you do six feet? How can you do the uh, transportation there? Everyone will be touching the ball as is in tennis, you know, those kind of things. So with all those restrictions and all those concerns out there, how could there be, uh, you know, a real meaningful spring sports season, along with a lot of schools determining that they weren't going back. Mm-hmm. So if they weren't, then how would that look too? You know? Well, and – and I had a, a guy bring up a point yesterday when we were talking about cancellation of spring sports, and he, he was a, it was a Facebook message, and he said, if you're going to, you, there was the chance of bringing them back May 4th, for instance, but you still have to have the five practices for nor, uh, for other sports other than golf, but then what are you playing for? For You go right into districts, divisionals, and really state tournaments. I think the risk of injuries was something that you know nobody was talking about as well, because a lot of these kids, Mark, haven't been, working out as much as they normally would have. Was that a concern? Well, definitely, you know, and we did have some plans in place that they would come back at five. Hopefully they, when they started the season, we had a weekend, they got maybe their five practices there, but get five. And then we would not have had district track meets. We would have had meets. We would have had some regionalized meets where, you know, then go out and start performing and all that. We would have had a divisional in the state softball we would have played regionalized jamborees which where you can play four one-hour games in a day so you could bring people in and if you wouldn't have to it wouldn't be where they're all um on top of each other you bring in these two teams will play way on this field these two teams over here and then they could play up to four games and do regionalized and then go right into divisional and then qualify into state so we had some plans in place but with the restrictions it, it just would would not work it wouldn't be feasible and like I said, you know, I, I, I was a very big critic of Montana High School Association, especially when states in our area all started canceling, you know, Washington, Idaho, Oregon, and then one, you know, Wyoming and South Dakota. And I know South Dakota had a lot more cases of this COVID-19 than Montana, but was that something that you guys were keeping an eye on too? Is Or was it just, hey, we're Montana, we're going to do our own thing regardless of what our neighboring states does or do? Well, that that never was the thought at all because we we're Montana, but I'm the director of the high school association. I'm not a state health expert, so we had to rely on, and we appreciate all the cooperation, the communication with our state health department. They were fantastic, and so we were relying on them, and they were we were going through all those steps. Washington finished their state tournament, um, but they had uh, transmission. Uh, they were talking about other, like in North Dakota, there was transmission, but not in a community at the time. And then it became a community transmission. So all of those things occurred, and we were looking at it like if we get a diagnosed case and there's a chance of community transmission, we're not going to continue on, you know, even if they're not in our in our in uh, in the areas or that because it's just too risky. So we had all kinds of factors in there and really relied on our state health department 
and really appreciated their uh, their willingness to uh, to provide us with that information. What about though, like the spring sports, like other states had been canceling as well. You know, yeah, that's well, that's that was really probably. Go ahead. Yeah, there's there's probably about I think yesterday there was 36 or 38. There might be 40 now today. So as you can see that, as you know, of course, NCAA, NAIA, they all canceled right away saying we know they were looking way ahead and we're we're pretty sure that this is not going to go away and there was not a lot of hope, you know, they're going to do this. Well, then the states kept looking at it too, same thing. So I think there is close to 40 states now that have canceled their spring season. Uh, a couple final ones for Mark Beckman, the MHSA Executive Director, and I appreciate you joining me. Uh, like I said, I was a very big critic of MHSA over the last few weeks, but the fall, we don't know what the fall season, We, I mean, I know Montana's slowly opening up, but we don't know when Phase 2 starts. We don't know when Phase 3 starts. How how far into the fall sports season right now are you guys planning? Because you look at NAI, you look at NCAA, they don't even know if they're going to have fall sports yet. Right, and we're we our staff has been great about looking at what if we have a two week delay, what if we have a three week delay, what if in football you know we make sure that they say well those these non conference games won't be played, you know, and we're going to go right into uh, conference games, or if we have to start late, where we'll take a uh, you know a shortened conference season, and then work proceeding to into uh, into this into the state playoffs, you know, the same thing with volleyball, so we're looking at all of that now and. And trying not to uh, have a huge impact onto our next winter sports season for those kids to get started and get into the things they need to get into. But we've been looking at that, and again, we're we're hopeful that uh, things will be better by the time we'll never be back to a real normal, but uh, some type of normalcy where we're able to uh, at least play the game. Well, I appreciate you joining uh, us, Mr. Beckman, and uh, you know, keep up the good work, and and you know, don't get too mad if if people are critical. And um, appreciate uh, the time as always, though. Um, I know you guys are doing the right thing, and you tried to do the right thing for the kids, especially the seniors. And like I said, this is just a, it's a tough, tough 2020 for these seniors, and you know, the freshmen and the sophomore and the juniors, they'll get another chance, but. Not these seniors, and, and that does, you know, it, it does hurt, and it, it, it is bad, you know. But I know you guys tried well, to do the I, best. Well, I appreciate that, and I, and I understand there's high emotions on both ways, you know. On should we be out there at all, and or you're, we need to be out there, and especially from the seniors. I I taught, coached, and was an administrator for many years before I came in uh, into the uh, association 23 years ago. So I know those how those feelings would be and how I would be feeling. But you, uh, like I say, we try to make the best decisions and use all the best possible resources to make those decisions. Well, like I said, we appreciate the time and uh, take care. Have a great summer for sure, and hopefully we're uh, talking about sports in the fall. That'll be that would be great. I hope that's the case. Awesome. Thank Th- you. Thank you, sir. That is Mark Beckman, the executive director of the Montana High School Association, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show and. You know, I, I wanted to be very open and honest. I, you know, and you've heard this show. You know, I was very, um, very critical of Montana High School Association. I, I appreciate him joining us uh, to talk about it, and hopefully, like I said, we get sports to talk about in the fall. Uh, speaking of sports in the fall, planning for two schools, including one that's never had sports. What's that like? 
Mark Ader joins us, especially now in this time of uncertainty, if there is going to be a fall sports season. Mark Ader, the Bozeman Activities Director, will join us next here on the Jason Walker Show. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Spring is fast approaching and summer is just around the corner, so now is the time to get those windows tinted at Auto Concepts as the sun starts to heat up. Tinting is the best way to keep the sun out of your little one's eyes driving down the road. Plus, it just looks cool. Auto Concepts is your exclusive 3M dealer for tinting as well as the best clear bras in town. Auto Concepts clear bras will not fade or yellow over time. And don't forget about suspension lifts and power steps for your rig too. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com or check them out on Facebook. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Jason Walker Show inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave, and uh, this segment is brought to you by our friends at Rutgers Furniture. Appreciate uh, everybody over there, 1010 Dearborn in Helena. Make sure, by the way, you get on the schedule for Nitro Green and uh, for all of your lawn, pest, and tree needs so that you can have a very nice-looking summer and uh, yard for the summer. All right. Uh, Still uh, talking about our uh, conversation we just got wrapped up with with Executive Director of the MHSA, Mark Beckman, and... Um, like I said, I'm very critical of MHSA, and uh, one of the guys that agrees that I was very critical, uh, but I wasn't critical of anything Bozeman High did, but uh, who knows yet? Well, the season hasn't even started. We might be moving forward, but just kidding. Mark Ader joins us, the activities director at Bozeman, High, uh, Bozeman Schools, uh, because now there's two down there. There will be, but uh, Mr. Ader, how are you? I'm good, and yes, it's got to be two schools now. So we, we've got the Bozeman Hawks, 
And the Gallatin Raptors. Hey, I got to tell you, before I get uh, going here, that gym at Gallatin High looks awesome. That Raptors logo really stands out, and it looks good. No, they did a great job with that floor. You know, we really wanted, you know, the logo looks good, and we kept it simple, you know, as far as the floor uh, designs. You know, we didn't put a lot of color into it, but the uh, the company did a great job. I was it was, I'm so excited to be uh, to use that next year. It was great being in the gym the other day. It's perfect. I mean, as close to perfect as I think it could be. Well, I'm, I, we were talking off the air. I'm a Bozeman Hawk guy, so I, I can't give too much publicity and credit to, to Gallatin yet until they get going. But, um, yeah, that gym it looks absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, the football field, it, you know, it's, it's coming together. You've got the great complex. That's a huge complex out at the new Gallatin School. It is, you know, uh, and it's been exciting. Actually, the last couple of weeks we spent time out there because we, uh, we've been ordering equipment. We just got our pole vault, uh, pits and our high jump pits in. And, uh, so you know, we've been out there and it is, the track is beautiful. It's ready to go. You know, we might have even been able to have a meet on it this year. Maybe we'll do something this summer. We'll have to see, but, uh, it's ready to go. Uh, the softball fields, uh, look good, you know, right next to it. And then uh, the school looks good, you know. And the one thing about where it's at, it you know, they talk. There's good views in every direction. Yeah. Well, it is Bozeman after all, Mark. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I know. And that is. It's always a beautiful day in the Gallatin Valley. That's right. It's a little different than Coal Strip, um, which is still beautiful. But uh, yeah. Mark Ader joining us here on the Jason Walker Show on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. All right, the big reason I, I reached out last week to get to get you on the show is I'm showing some pictures of uh, that you put up on your Twitter page on uh, of Gallatin High School's gym. But um, the big reason I wanted you on is to talk about getting ready for the sports season for the fall with two schools and two sports teams instead of just one. How, how difficult has that been, especially considering, Mark, all the COVID-19 stuff we've been going through? Well, you know, first, you know, when we did scheduling, uh, you know, the double ADs met in uh, uh, November in Helena. So we sat down to schedule, you know, the 2021 fall sports season. And that was the first time I've told people that within five minutes I felt overwhelmed because I was scheduling for two schools. I'd always scheduled for one. And I was scheduling for Bozeman and Gallatin. And I was scheduling football, volleyball, cross country, and then soccer. So, you know, all of a sudden my calendar was filling up fast. I had to ask everybody just to slow down for a minute because <laughs> it was it was a little overwhelming there. I, I sat there. I told my wife afterwards, man, I was shell-shocked. When I was done, and I studied my schedule. I had to go back and make some changes because I made some mistakes. So, you know, um, getting used to that. And, and, again, you know, we just finished up scheduling the basketball and wrestling for the, the winter. So, you know, it's uh, – uh, that is new, and I think there'll always be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, as far as uh, COVID nineteen, you know, in some ways, in some ways, it's been a little bit of a blessing because we haven't been able to have spring sports. So I've spent time uh, making sure equipment orders are getting done for Gallatin. I've been able to spend a little more time doing that, and also on the hiring process. Um, we've got our head coaches, and now we're working on getting assistant coaches. Uh, so, you know, in, in some sense, uh, the COVID-19 has helped that out. Now, obviously, we are a little concerned going into the summer uh, because uh, we've got a bunch of 
kids getting together for the first time, and we would like them to be able to uh, see each other before school starts. So um, we are worried about that. Uh, it's how it goes this summer and, and getting things started on time next summer. So uh, that will be the challenge for the new school because it will, you know, everything is new. Mark Ader joining us here on the, uh, the Jason Walker Show, Bozeman Schools Activities Director. And you have to say activities director because it, it involves band and speech. It's not just athletics. But um, you did mention, there, you know, without the spring sports, you're able to focus. You've got a lot of coaches switching gears and switching schools and bringing in, you know, all sorts of coaches for all sorts of different sports. And we'll talk a lot about that, I'm sure, in the fall when I get you back on. But um, Monday, I think Bozeman School Board is going to decide if schools are going to open back up. What's your anticipation on that? Yeah, you know, I don't want, I gotta be careful because I want to say too much, but I think it's gonna be hard for, uh, to put kids back in school. I mean, you, you take a look at, you know, uh, every Bozeman school is about full. Right. So, you know, it'd be hard to maintain social distancing. And because of the number of students, it's hard to come up. I would think, you know, being a former principal, I couldn't imagine trying to come up with a schedule, you know, alternating schedule, schedule or whatever it may be to, to accommodate that. So, you know, um, I don't see – I'll be surprised if there's many schools that come back, to be quite honest. I think it's just going to be too hard. And, you know, you're when you're in charge of kids, you you got to, you know, take safety up another notch. And so, you know, you're taking care of somebody else's kids. I think we'll be very cautious, if, you know, in bringing kids back. And that's one thing, too. You know, our, our little one is – she'll be two uh, uh, next Friday, but – you know, do we do we keep sending her to daycare? We've kept her home since this whole thing started because we have the ability to. Um, but as a parent, it's different than I would uh, I would think, Mark, as as a as an activities director because you want these kids, you want the seniors to have a a send off. But at the same time, like I said, as a parent, are you you have different thoughts at times? I, I think maybe. And uh, how did you approach that? Well, you know, and as a parent, you're right that it is, it's a little bit tougher. And, and now I have a, a teenage son. And so, um, you know, those types of kids tend to question things a little bit more than, than the two-year-olds. You know, yes, than the two-year-old. The two-year-old's probably happy to be home. Now, the teenager, um, he struggled being at home with mom and dad all the time. And, uh, so, you know, we've had to go around about that a few times and uh, the whole social distancing thing. And then uh, and uh, I think he's figured out that, you know, the one big benefit of school is we probably all realize is uh, he misses his friends. Mm-hmm. So that's been tough. But, yeah, you know, you sit there and think about it both as a parent and then, you know, uh, right before the break, we had to decide whether or not to go see uh, my mother. My mother is 80 years old, you know, and so one of those types of situations. So. You know, my wife and I have been debating this uh, social distancing and how to visit with everybody every day for the last month, probably just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your biggest learning experience in this first year? And obviously, you got a you know an eye opener in in March when everything shut down. But before all of this, I mean, you got a state championship in football, which you know is a hawk. Like I said, that's always a good thing. Um, but Moving from a small school to a bigger school, a lot different. It is. You know, I think the first big learning curve for me was just when I came to Bozeman, uh, was being part of the facilities here. You know, uh, you know, my second day in, I was in the, uh, 
I was at a trailer meeting. You know, we met every two weeks with the people, uh, the Jackson construction crew doing the stadium. So I thought that was, uh, that was a big learning experience there. Um, and then doing, uh, you know, it was the first time I'd uh, worked with uh, soccer. Right. So that was quite a big learning curve in the, uh, the fall. You know, just uh, uh, getting to know the sport and being around the sport. Uh, you know, the number of games. And Bozeman, uh, as you know, has a great tradition in soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably the biggest change right there. And with soccer, uh, you know, just those extra sports. And plus this year we scheduled extra games or matches. Uh, because, you know, we, uh, we're trying to prep as many kids as possible for the, uh, transition. So, uh, I, I spent a lot of time at school in the fall. I think in the first month, most of our volleyball and soccer matches were scheduled at home. So in September, you know, I think I, I had a, maybe a, I had Sundays and maybe, maybe a Monday at home. And that was about it. So, uh, that was probably the big change is just, you know, uh, for me, it was soccer. Everything else I felt pretty comfortable with, but getting to know and be around the sport mm-hmm. of soccer. Which I enjoyed tremendously, so it was all good. Bozeman Schools Activities Director Mark Ader, our guest here, Jason Walker Show. All right, so I got to know this as a Bozeman Hawk grad, nineteen ninety three, go Hawks. I don't want what happened to Flathead happen to Bozeman High when Gallatin starts, like you know Glacier. How do you? How is? That's not going to happen, right? We're not going to have a, a lot of down years as a Hawk fan, am I? I don't. I hope not. You know, and that's. You know, I think the one thing I've really tried to do is make sure that, you know, we've talked about Bozeman one and keeping, you know, uh, making sure the transition goes as smooth as possible. Um, you know, my goal is to, uh, you know, one is to start new traditions at uh, Gallatin mm-hmm. and maintain the old ones at Bozeman High. So excellence. And so I think the coaching staffs we have put together at both schools are uh, very good. So I feel real comfortable with that. You know, now we'll just have to see what um, happens with the kids as they come up. I'm sure there will be cycles. But I think both schools will be set to have um, success. You know, and the one thing that, you know, it was happening before I got here is our board and, and, the, and the administration was pretty adamant about, you know, enforcing uh, strict border guidelines. You know, you know, there's a line drawn, and if you're on one side, you're going to Gallatin. If you're on the other side, you're going to Bozeman High. So, I think we'll have to stick to that. You know, make sure that we stick to that. I uh, I appreciate that as a as a Bozeman fan. Although you know, I'm still I'm gonna I got it. It's hard for me not to root for Gallatin because the Raptors cool. The colors are awesome. It's just it's really hard not to switch over. <laughs> it, it, it is, and then you know uh, when you walk into the building over there, it's a beautiful facility, and uh, you know you walk in and and you walk into that gym, you go, it's going to be nice, you know. So. Now, luckily, you know, Bozeman is, you know, and, and if we shut school down, we could be starting earlier, but there'll be construction starting on Bozeman High this summer. You know, those wings along Main Street are going to be gone, and we'll be mm-hmm. putting an auditorium and a student uh, a commons area in there. So there'll be some of those benefits coming there, and then I think in the fall of 21, we'll start on Bozeman High School. So we'll be doing some things there as far as air handling and painting and things like that. So Very nice. Just district is really wants to make sure that, you know, we don't have the old school and the new school. That both right. schools are updated and uh, kids will want to attend both. Uh, i got to ask you this. Um, you mentioned getting the scheduling together for the fall. 
And last year was such a, you know, this was another thing I was very critical of last year with double A. And you weren't there yet, so you didn't have to deal with it. But everybody made the playoffs. How's the fall football this year? Does everybody make the playoffs again? No, I, I think, you know, I think the principals got to approve it, the double A principals, but it'll be uh, six and six will make the playoffs. So 12 teams. So the first week, uh, threes and sixes will play each other, fours and fives, one and twos will have buys. So okay. that's how it's going to work out this year. So seven and eights uh, will not make the playoffs. Okay. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I can get behind that a little bit. Um, that was there was a lot of discussion on that. Uh, I'm sure meetings in November with the coaches and uh, the ads. Well, and you know that's the cool thing too is being a Bozeman Hawk guy is you know when I go back to you know football championships and then you look at golf championships, cross country, uh, the dominating that Bozeman High has had. Um, but I, I just I felt so bad that you know a new school like Belgrade suffered so bad in its first year in the double a and then you had teams that that made the football playoffs that probably saved some jobs really for coaches around the state and and i don't want to see anybody lose their jobs but there's teams that shouldn't have been in the playoffs and that was just so hard to watch that first week of playoff games this last uh, fall you know and i think the one thing we took a look at was just you know does it benefit those kids playing an extra week Mm mm-hmm is it really worth it or not? And so I think that's what the, you know, the coaches and the, you know, administration looked at, you know, are we doing what's best for kids? So we, we think this new plan um, will help us out moving forward with that. Well, that actually helped uh, lead to get me fired from the radio station last fall. I was having a, a disagreement about the double A playoffs because I said, you know, people were like, but the seniors get one extra chance to play. But yeah, if you're losing 42 to nothing, is it worth it? And I didn't think it was. No, you know, in the whole the playoff expansion, and it's happened over the years. You know, I mean, you know, I was in the, uh, you know, I coached in Coal Strip in the uh, late '90s, mm-hmm. and so my first, you know, when we made the playoffs in '97, uh, it was eight teams. You know, it was a three-three-two. So, you know, we had to, uh, you know, in the Eastern A, we had to, uh, and actually we started out one and two, and we had to work our way through it and ended up getting in the playoffs. So when you made it back then, it was uh, pretty impressive, you know. And, yep. and then when I was all right with the change in 04, we went from 8 to 12. But, you know, that that was a discussion two or three years into the process. So it does, you know, you have to look at the benefits. But, when you know, the problem is when you say everybody makes it, that just doesn't sound good. Right. Um, I'm glad we agree about something because, you know, I, you know, I was very critical of MHSA the last five weeks. So, um, I'm glad you, uh, you know, still came on the show and and chatted. Oh yeah, that's all right. I'm good. (laughs) But yeah, like I said, going in, I wasn't critical of Bozeman and I, you know, I have no reason to be yet. No, that's all right. No, because activities directors are, your your guys' hands are tied a lot of different times. So I will always support you guys as, as much as I can. Yeah. And, you know, and, and with those MH, H, MHSA decisions, you know, I will say that, you know, they were they were trying to consult. I was at the AA, obviously. And so, you know, we were talking every couple hours about what to do. And uh, and I hope we've gained enough experience that we never have to go through that again. Because, you know, like I said that day, I've never been in a tournament where you kept, you know, everybody was on walking on eggs, you know, it was the twilight zone. Sure. So, you know, I uh, – I'm 
and this spring has been the twilight zone. So hopefully oh. <laughs> we get this figured out and we're not ever having to deal with this again. Well, you know, as a sports talk show host, it's tough to not talk sports because there's, you know, I've got a sponsor that does a performance of the week. Well, what are we choosing every Monday? Because there hasn't been anything. Um, but as a, as a, like, you know, as I said, as a parent, it's a lot different uh, than being an administrator. And I'm just glad I didn't have to make any of the decisions. And it's two springs in a row that the AA has had some issues. Last year it was softball. This year, you know, it's, it's, it was basketball and, and, and everything. And then every other classification as well this year. And I just feel bad for the seniors. As much as I can be critical, I still can feel bad for the seniors that don't get that final opportunity this year. No, and I think, you know, I think that's the, you know, sometimes the problem is it's all right to feel, you know, both ways. You know, I mean, we want to make sure we're practicing social distancing and we still want to have sports someday. You know, I, I don't think there's wrong with both uh, points of view. And, and I, you know, you brought up the softball thing. You know, actually I was a part of that last year too, because uh, our B tournament was with the double A's and Billings, the sure. one and only time. And so uh, uh, I didn't even, I was just getting ready to leave coal strip and they called you know, and told me that they'd canceled everything. And I had no idea it was even going to happen. So, and we had a fifth place softball team that was tied for four. So that was real interesting last year for us. <laughs> so, and I got, you know, I had to, you know, was caught where, you know, you're defending the decision of others, which is sometimes tough to do. Yep, so, yep. Um, but uh, as far as the seniors go, yes, that is, you know, it's, t- I feel bad. You know, I think um, our track coach has already posted a couple of his seniors on Twitter this afternoon. So I retweeted the information there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and I think our uh, other coaches are trying to figure out what to do for their seniors too. So it, you know, there's no doubt graduation, oh. you know, how we can handle graduation. You know, uh, you know, I talked to a friend of mine today and, you know, they're going to try it out. They're a small school, so they'll try and do it outdoors. But if it doesn't work, you know, they'll just have the kids pull up in a car, get their diploma and then go be part of a parade. So, you know, it is, it, like I said earlier, it's like being in the twilight zone. It so. really does. Uh, Mark Ader, our guest here. All right. I got to know this. I need your opinion. Um, does Montana State football host Long Island on September 5th? Yes. Ooh. September. <laughs> right? But Long Island is out on the at East Coast in New York and New Jersey where it's really bad out there. I'm just – I'm curious. I really am. <laughs> no, I am too. You know, oh. I mean, I would be sure that – you know, that they're already talking, you know, you look at the big sky, mm-hmm. you know, and like the cats have Long Island and then you've also got California schools that have been a little bit more affected. So it'll be interesting. I would assume that, you know, even we'll be doing the same as, you know, Hey, can we get by with a six game or a seven game conference schedule next year? So. No, it's going to be um, very interesting to see. And but yeah, you don't yeah. want to lose home games. So hopefully if Long Island, it has to bail. They bail early. You know, maybe everybody's got to be ready to adjust on the fly again a little bit. You know, hey, you know, we've lost to the point this week. Is there somebody else you can play or that kind of thing? I think we've, you know, there still might be some out-of-the-box thinking that's going to have to take place in the next six months. It's almost like when, uh, you know, schools, unfortunately high schools in Montana, you know, cancel their seasons, and then you have other schools that are out looking for opponents, especially in football. Maybe this is where a, a Rocky or a Carroll or a, a Tech Western type thing 
get to play the big boys of the Cats and the Grizz for one year. Yeah, it might happen, you know, because the I mean, I mean, you know, I was actually when was it along? You know, I can't remember if one. I think those schools. I can't remember if the Cats hosted. I think the Cats hosted Rocky one year a long time ago in the nineties, and I know, I think Western and Tech both have gone down to Idaho and yeah, Colo- uh, Northern State. Colorado. They've played. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, I mean, I think. I bet I, I would assume you know ads. You're always thinking ahead. If you're you know the good ads are always planning ahead. So I got to believe that uh, you know Leon and and you know and the rest of those guys are looking ahead to see what they're going to you know making plans just in case. Got to have home games. You know that's the one thing. Yeah. So tough with M- you know football's become such a big deal at MSU and and uh, UM, which yeah. is great, but. Uh, you know, we rely on it so much for money that both universities do. So, you know, it's, I'm sure that, you know, it's going to be a challenging fall. I mean, you're right. When you say Long Island coming to MSU on September 5th, you know, I think, well, Long Island even have school yet. That's, yeah. that's going to be tough. Well, that's the other thing, too, is, is they're going to be on-campus learning in Montana because Cal State Fullerton canceled its fall in-class learning. They're going online in the fall. And that was decided yep. this week already. So if Cal Poly and you know Sac State and these other ones, Davis have to fall in suit too. There's a, there's a lot of interesting things that could still happen, and we're still four or five months away. But right. hopefully, uh, and, guys, you know, and those guys don't have to deal you know, with college. You guys still do. You know, you still got to do it. Take the health of the kids yep. in mind. So it's going to be tough. You can't not have school and then bring in the football team. I don't see how you can do that. No, nope. so, very true. They'll have to take decisions. Yeah. Hey, when uh, what have you been watching um, since you haven't had spring sports? Well, you know what? I was lucky here just a little bit ago. I started recording the Cat Grizz game from 2018. <laughs> so I can see uh, one of my former players make a big play at the end of the game. I like that. Yeah, tackle, so that's good. Yeah, Let's yeah. see. I watched uh, Homeland. I okay. started. I binge-watched Homeland, so I, uh, I'm caught up to uh, – you know, the end of it, wherever it is on Showtime, so I'm right there. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what else did we start uh, last night? Uh, the Ranch, is that what it is? I can't remember. What I've Ashton heard about was. that, yeah. So started that one. Uh, watched a couple, uh, watched a Mark Wahlberg movie on Netflix the other day. So, yeah, I, you know, uh, read a book and a half, back to Ooh. reading again, is good. So, yeah, those are the kind of things I'm trying to do to, Fill in the time. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, I started Ozark, so that is uh, that's what I'm on right now. So that's the the Ozarks is the other one I've debated starting. You know, my wife told me it looks pretty intense, so we haven't. Uh, you know, we're we're debating whether to get started yet. But you know, uh, if we don't have school in May, there's a good chance I'll be watching that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm guessing you won't be at school in May, but that's just uh, my feeling. You know, bigger schools, it's got to be more tough. You just can't do it. Um, I don't see how I, you know, I don't yeah. see how. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't see any double A school gets back, back in. You know, unless you've got, I just don't see how you can do social distance. So. There's no way. And you know, one one kid on a bus, like, because all those extra buses that Montana has around in bus drivers, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all those extra teachers you got just floating around waiting to teach right. half, you know, schools classes you half the size. Extra buses. But there are no extra bus drivers. That is the bane of every AD in Montana right now. It's making sure that you've got a bus driver and a bus for your trips. So 
yeah, there's no, uh, I don't see how, that's why I told somebody, how are we going to transport our track team and maintain social distance? Yep. Well, yeah, so. you know, East Helen is looking for bus drivers, and my wife said I should apply, and I'm like, I don't like my own kids, let alone everybody else's. So I don't know if that'd go really yeah. well. No, it, it, <laughs> driving bus takes a special kind of person. And it does. No- yeah, it definitely does. I, I feel bad for all the bus drivers that I had growing up because we weren't always the nicest kids on buses. No, that's what you, you know, you've got to, you got to supervise 80 kids and you, and you have your back to them. People don't realize how, how hard that can be. Yeah. And that mirror is not easy to look in exactly all the way through, uh, at every seat either. So, Hey, uh, no. Mark, I appreciate the time. I look forward to chatting with you in the fall when we have uh, actual sports to talk about and fun things, but, uh, uh, love following the updates. You're one of the great follows on Twitter because, uh, you're just, you know, Hawks up, Raptors up. It's, uh, you're, you're fun to watch. I appreciate all your updates. All right. Well, thank you. Yes, I, I love – social media is a great way to promote our kids. So Absolutely. Uh, and we'll be doing a lot of promoting in the fall once the, uh, the, the sports start back up, and that includes the Raptors and the Hawks. Mark Ader, appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Jason. That is the uh, Bozeman Activities Director, Mark Ader, joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Quick break. We'll come back. There's a new book out about baseball, and Keith Law wrote it, and he'll tell us about it next on the Jason Walker Show. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. During this time of uncertainty and stay-at-home orders, Dinners Done Right wants to remind you that they're still open. Just go to dinnersdoneright.com, place your order, and then pick it up for dinner that night. Or plan ahead and order for the weekend. It's easy. Visit dinnersdoneright.com, register, pick your meals, then pick them up. Or stop in and grab meals out of the front freezer. Dinners Done Right's taking extra precautions with extra cleanings going on with every piece of equipment and personnel. Dinners Done Right thanks you for your continued support, and may we all stay safe and healthy during this time. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. 
Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back. Final segment, Jason Walker Show on a Thursday. Tomorrow, Bob Valvano will join us. That's right. Uh, Bobby V, the ESPN radio host, will join us. Get his thoughts on the first round of the draft, which is tonight. Also, uh, just talk about uh, sports or lack thereof, but uh, that's coming up tomorrow. Uh, here inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave, we continue on a Thursday. So there's a new book out, and it it talks a lot about good decisions and bad decisions made in the game of baseball, both on the field and off the field. And it came out yesterday, or Tuesday rather, and uh, joining us now to talk about it is the writer from The Athletic, senior writer. His name is uh, Keith Law, and he joins us now here on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline on the Jason Walker Show. I'm just living the dream. Uh, I get to talk about baseball. It's the best sport in the world. So, I mean, uh, you can't go wrong with that, right? I, I agree. <laughs> hey, no, that's true. The only thing that could be better would be if we had actual games. Well, when is that going to happen, Keith? Uh, probably not until July or so. That's my, that's my guess based on what the experts have told me. The experts, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's it just it's terrible. It's a it's it's absolutely terrible. Well, re- before we talk about your book, is this minor league, major league baseball fiasco going to get solved today? Um, I it seems like they've agreed on the number of teams they're going to reduce to and what the realignment will be. There are still some other issues of payment that may need to get worked out, but my guess is we'll see the framework of an agreement. I think the minor leagues basically just, they lost. They have to give in because there so many of these clubs are potentially going to go out of business anyway if they lose all or most of the season. Very true. Keith Law joining us here. He is the senior baseball writer for The Athletic, and uh, he's written the, the book Smart Baseball, but also the new book Inside Game, uh, Bad Call, Strange Moves, and What Baseball Behavior Teaches Us About Ourselves. Um, I'm very intrigued by this book because as a New York Mets fan, I feel like almost every move they make is a bad move. How many Mets moves do you dissect? I actually don't know that I have a Mets move in there. I actually agree with you, certainly where the Wilpons are involved. That's really the problem, right? This is not, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Mets you know, front offices necessarily. I'm not a huge fan of their current GM. I think he's probably not very good. I'm surprised he had no experience in the front office before they hired him. Mm-hmm. But they've drafted really well. I think they've done a pretty good job developing players when they keep them. Uh, the biggest problem is ownership. They are run by the Wilpons, who have run this as too much of a family business, made some very poor financial decisions. Jeff Wilpon seems to be too involved in baseball operations, and, and that's why they ended up with a general manager. They had two candidates at the end, one of whom was highly qualified and now runs the Red Sox. The other was an agent who had no front office experience, and it's, it's really shown. And, and other front offices have said they like trading with the Mets because they think they've got a chance to come out ahead. Wow. Keith Lock guest here. It's it's crazy, and A Rod and J Lo are going to be new owners now, apparently. So who knows? Uh, nah, that's not going to happen. That is not. That's my bold prediction. That'll never happen. Well, I appreciate that right there. As a as like I said, lifetime lifetime Mets fan. All right, in your book, um, <laughs> what are some of the worst decisions that you dissect? So I I try to run the gamut in the inside game from. Stuff on the field that folks are familiar with to a lot of front office decisions. So I talk about the Angels' decision to give Albert Pujols a 10-year contract 
And now to continue to play him, to violate the some cost fallacy, to say, well, we're paying him, we might as well be playing him. But that's not really true. You're paying him no matter what. If he's not helping your club win, then you should just bench him. A lot of people struggle with that, with deciding not to use something when they've already bought it. That exercise machine you bought it in years because you were such an optimist. Now, your decision to use it should have nothing to do with how what you spend on it should be, do you want to exercise? But I also go down to the level of decisions on the field. The Grady Little choosing to leave Pedro Martinez in that uh, Game 7 of the playoffs of the ALCS in 2003, which ultimately cost the Red Sox the series and the pennant the chance to go to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Bob Brindley's series of blunders in the 2001 World Series, but the Diamondbacks won anyway. Does that mean Bob Renly did a good job because they won? No, of course it doesn't. Outcome and process are not necessarily the same thing. Outcome bias is a bias where you say good outcome must mean good process, but that's not actually how it works. You can have a bad process, still have a good outcome, and of course we all know you can have a good process where you make a lot of right decisions, but still doesn't work out because that's life. That doesn't mean your process was bad might mean you should think about it again, but it doesn't mean that your decisions were wrong. It just means it didn't work out. You have front office experience with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Um, How were you able to take that experience into breaking down some of the good or bad decisions from GMs and front office staff from the last, you know, 30 years? It's really more that it it helps me because I understand the job. I know what people do in front offices. I have been around those jobs. I've been in those conversations. So when I wanted to reach out to people in front offices to talk about certain decisions, just talk about ideas in this book, I can speak their language. It's, it's always been helpful that I was there at one point. And there's a part of me that wishes I'd done more jobs in a front office. Not that I wanted to make that my career and, and wouldn't choose to do so now, but it's always good to have more experiences, more education of a sort even if you're going to change, you know, pivot to something else. I, I think, like, I, I say this a lot. If you're going to cover an industry, you really need to understand what the people in your industry understand. And to the extent that people in front offices know about this stuff, the book I refer to constantly in the inside game is another book called Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm-hmm. That was recommended to me by somebody who's now the assistant GM of the Baltimore Orioles. I know that Epstein and Billy Bean have read that book and recommended it to people who work for them. So knowing this stuff is also helpful to me when evaluating the moves and the decisions that people in front offices make as well because it is if you if you want to cover them, if you want to have an opinion on what an industry you cover is doing, you have to know how they think so that you can dissect it and then come to your own conclusion. I can disagree with the decision that Mariners make a trade. I say I don't like it, but I have to know what their thought process was so that I can come to my own conclusion. Keith Law joining us, senior baseball writer for The Atlantic. He's got a new book out. It's called The Inside Game, Bad Call, Strange Moves, and What Baseball Behavior Teaches Us About Ourselves. Um, It's just intriguing to me because you look at some of the, you know, Great trades, or you know, you mentioned uh, what's uh, in Bull Durham. They mentioned you know Milt Pappas trades, some bad trades along the way. Um, but also, you talk about some of baseball's longest running debates, like pitch counts, and are they good? Are they bad? What's your what's your thoughts? So I bring up pitch counts in the context of something called moral hazard, which is where you know, I'll explain it by way of the pitch count debate. 
for college and high school players. Mm-hmm. If you're a college coach and you have a pretty good teaching prospect, you know you're only going to have him probably for three years. After his junior year, he'll get drafted and go off to professional baseball. So you're not concerned about his long-term health. We know that limiting pitch counts, that limiting a pitcher's workload, uh, particularly while he's young, can help keep him healthy for the long term. It reduces the chances of catastrophic injury. It doesn't eliminate the chances, but it reduces them. A college coach doesn't care as much because if I wear this pitcher down so he gets hurt a couple of years down the road or just isn't as effective, not my problem. I only have him for three years. So college coaches don't have that same incentive to protect pitchers' long-term health that professional teams do. Professional teams, you'll never see a minor league pitcher go much over 100 pitches. 120 pitches is totally unthinkable in professional baseball, minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. You see it in college all the time because they don't care. They don't have to care. It does not matter to them if that pitcher ends up overworked and gets hurt or becomes less effective at some point down the road. They know they've got a three-year time horizon. That's called moral hazard. The college coach is doing what's probably best for him personally, maybe what's best for the school, but definitely not what's best for the long-term health of the player because their time horizons are so completely different. And that can come up in professional baseball too, where a GM who thinks he's about to get fired maybe might make a trade that he thinks could save his job, but is ultimately in the long run bad for the franchise as a whole. Well, you look at Johan Santana, what, 134 pitches in his no-hitter for the Mets, and basically he was done after that. Uh, was that a good decision to leave him or, or a bad decision to, to leave him out there? You know, it's one of those uh, questions. I know we're running short on time, Keith. Uh, you also talk about Pete Rose, and should he be in the Hall of Fame? I really go back and forth on this one. You know, I talk about Pete Rose's, the, you know, the arguments for Pete Rose, that, that the essentially the arguments that he didn't really do anything wrong. Uh, I don't agree with that. I think yeah, what he did was absolutely wrong. And by betting on certain games and not others, he signaled to gamblers when he, you know, when he might be trying harder as a player manager and when he might be you know, taking it easy in certain nights, saving his better pitchers for a different night instead. Mm-hmm. Should Pete Rose actually be in the Hall of Fame? It's hard to have a Hall of Fame without the guy who had the most hits in baseball history. Right now, the guy with the most hits in history and the guy with the most home runs in history, neither of them actually has a plaque in the Hall of Fame. That's kind of a problem, right? This isn't a museum that is supposed to commemorate the history of baseball and its leading players. And both guys were very were, were flawed humans, Rose more so than Barry Bonds, certainly. Mm-hmm. But they belong in there. They were among the all-time greats. You cannot tell the story of baseball without those guys. So... I actually may not vote for Rose personally because I have such a hard time with what he did, but I also would not object to seeing him have a plaque in there as long as it spells out exactly what the issue is, what we know he did, best that he did, and why that was such a problem. Well, Keith, we appreciate the time. The book is called The Inside Game. You can get it in stores now. Uh, enjoy the uh, off season until there is a season. My pleasure. You too. Stay safe. That was Keith Law joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline, and uh, interesting. It was. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading that book, The Inside Game. It's uh, available um, now. Uh, great show today. Great show. And uh, let's get to On This Day in History. It is brought to you by the Motherload Sports Bar, Casino, and Restaurant. It is April the 23rd, National Cherry Cheesecake Day, uh, Picnic Day, Take a Chance Day, Talk Like Shakespeare Day, uh, it is also National Lost Dog Awareness Day. Now, how does a lost dog know if it's aware if it's lost? 
It is also Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day. 1939, Ted Williams hit his very first home run. 1954, Hank Aaron hit his very first home run. 1962, the Mets won their first game ever. They started 0-9, and then they were 1-9. In 1989, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played his last game as a Laker. 1989 as well. The NFL Draft, UCLA quarterback Troy Aikman, the first pick by the Dallas Cowboys. And on this date in 1953, the movie Shane with Alan Ladd was released. Great movie. Uh, Let's see. Also had a very young Jack Palance in it as well. Uh, Happy birthday today, Daniela Hantakova, the Slovakian tennis player, uh, born in Czechoslovakia, 1983. Chloe Kim, the American snowboarder, won Olympic gold a couple of years ago, born on this date in 2000. Uh, A couple of uh, other birthdays. Shirley Temple was born on this date in 1928. Roy Orbison's birthday was today, 1936. Also, William Shakespeare, born and died on this date, 1564. And he died in 1616. And Howard Cosell passed away on this date in 1995. That is on this day in history. Brought to you by our good friends at the Motherload. Now we do this. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. Great show today. Mark Beckman, we appreciate him joining us. And uh, from Montana High School Association, the executive director. I was very critical and still am of MHSA, but appreciate him uh, joining us. Mark Ader from Bozeman uh, Schools joining us as well. Uh, giving us an update on... Uh, Everything, and then also uh, Keith Law joining us. Appreciate that. Don't forget, you still have time. Um, get your email in, jasonwalkersports at gmail.com. Who will be the very first FCS or Big Sky player drafted? Who will be the first Big Sky player drafted? You can email only, jasonwalkersports at gmail.com. Coming up tomorrow, Friday, we wrap up the week. We've got more trivia, by the way. Uh, coming up as well. But Bob Valvano will join us tomorrow. Yep, Bobby V, Jimmy V's brother. Uh, next week, some of the guests, Nick McCarvel, Lindsay Barra, Yogi's granddaughter, will join us. Brittany Jackson, VJAC from the University of Tennessee Women's Basketball. And uh, Scott Morton will join us next week as well. But Bobby V tomorrow. Hope you see us then. We'll see you here at 4, the Jason Walker Show. See ya. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.